2: KFI AM 640 Los Angeles, Orange County.
0: And KOST HD2.
2: It's 5 a.m. What did you miss?
0: It's time for Wake Up Call with Jennifer Jones Lee.
3: Good morning and welcome to a Thursday, 5th of December. That means tomorrow is Postathon. We'll talk more about that, but I'd love for you to come join us at Christ Cathedral tomorrow. Come join me, dark and early, 5 o'clock. We'll hang out in OC, raise some money for Katarina's Club. You'd rather just bring some pasta and sauce? All starts at 5 o'clock, right there at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove. More about that in just a moment, but right now let's talk about what's going on in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A sailor at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii has killed two civilian workers, then himself, at a shipyard on base. Well, at 5.05, we'll talk more about this with ABC's Alex Stone. Also, we're looking at a groping on the police or on the campus of UCLA police are looking into. And remember that LAPD officer accused of groping a dead woman? Well, Let's just say the union is not so happy with that guy. Let's start with some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A sailor at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii has killed two civilian workers, then himself, at a shipyard on base. Rear Admiral uh, Robert Chadwick says a third shipyard worker shot yesterday was taken to the hospital in stable condition.
4: The shooter who has tentatively been identified as an active-duty sailor assigned to USS Columbia... SSN 771 is also deceased by an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound.
3: Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam was put on lockdown for a couple hours following the shooting. Officials have been waiting to release the names of those killed. Uh, If they do, of course, Alex will have those names for us. And also, what was the motive behind this? Did this sailor even know the civilians that he killed? We'll find out all about that when we talk with Alex at 505. UCLA police have reported a groping on campus. A student was walking to campus housing about 2.15 Tuesday morning when a man approached and grabbed her buttocks. Then he got into a car and left. The groper was described as a light-skinned black man in his 20s with a thin build and short black braided hair shirtless with tattoos around his torso. The union that represents LAP police officers says it will not legally defend an officer who allegedly groped a dead woman's breasts. The inappropriate touching was said to be caught on the officer's body-worn camera. The president of the L.A. Police Protective League says he's never heard of any similar incident in policing and called the allegation reprehensible and repugnant. He says if the allegation is true, the officer has no place in law enforcement. U.S. Marshals are looking for a man in connection with the shooting death of a bounty hunter in Moreno Valley. They're
2: after Chad Green. The Riverside County Sheriff's Department says on Tuesday night, Green shot James Black at Hotel Zola on Sunny Mead Boulevard. Black was a fugitive recovery agent and had been wearing a ballistic vest when he opened the hotel room door.
4: After being shot in the shoulder area, James was rushed to the hospital and succumbed to his injuries on the way.
2: Black's friend, Dan Escamilla, says Green jumped out of the third-story bathroom window and took off. Escamilla says Green was wanted for a probation violation and was released under Prop 47. Black, who was a decorated Marine captain, leaves behind a wife. And five kids. Steve Gregory, King of News.
3: Officials say Orange County has the highest opioid death rate in Southern California, even though opioid prescriptions are down. OC Healthcare's Dr. Nicole Quick says a county report also shows prescription-related overdoses are down, but heroin and fentanyl deaths are up. We are working with community-based organizations such as Solace Foundation to increase access to naloxone, which is a reversal agent that can be used for um, reversing an opioid overdose. And I wonder, too, if I've heard a lot of cases where people are on prescription opioids Then they can't get those prescription opioids anymore, so then they turn to something stronger that they can get on the street, like heroin or like fentanyl. Anyway, Dr. Quick says the county is also working on a private-public group to provide more access to medicated areas of treatment. The report also shows overdose deaths are most commonly middle-aged white men in South County coastal areas. Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk has told a jury in L.A. he has less cash on hand than most would think. Musk told the stand for a second day yesterday in a defamation case over his calling a man pedo guy guy on Twitter. Musk agreed with a lawyer that he's worth 20 billion dollars. But then he says he doesn't know and his stock holdings change value daily. Musk also testified that at a time of the insult, he didn't know the guy was involved with the Thai soccer team rescue. He says he just thought the man was a random expat mocking Musk's plan to help the boys with a mini submarine. A local news helicopter has been struck by a drone over downtown L.A. ABC 7 helicopter pilot Chris Christie tweeted last night there were some tense moments after the drone strike, which damaged the helicopter's tail. But the aircraft was able to land safely. The LAPD tweeted, this could have been a disaster and we're glad everyone is okay. The helicopter was flying at nearly three times the maximum altitude allowed in L.A. for drones. So that drone should not have been there. Let's say good morning to ABC's Alex Stone. Alex, if you would please walk us back through what happened at Pearl Harbor yesterday involving this deadly shooting. Oh, sounds like we're having some sort of technical difficulty. Sounds like we can hear Alex and he can't hear us. So we'll get back to him in just a moment. The LA Metro board is scheduled to vote on a proposal to charge a toll for the HOV lanes on the 405 in the Sepulveda Pass. Now, if this vote passes this morning, Metro will fund a study on the project. The county spent more than four years and $1.6 billion, widening the 405 in that area. Metro's raised its per mile toll price seven times since 2012 to a maximum of $2.10 per mile. All right, sounds like we've got our problems fixed. Let's get back to ABC's Alex Stone. Alex, good morning. So as I mentioned earlier, can you just walk us back through the events of yesterday?
2: Hey, Jen, good morning. Yeah, it was about 2.30 local time in Hawaii yesterday. And and like so many of the active shooters recently, the motive is unclear at this point. But the the military is saying that that it was an active-duty sailor who was assigned to the USS Columbia, which is a, a submarine, a nuclear submarine that's in dry dock right now at Joint Base Pearl Harbor that uh, it was otherwise a normal day. There were dock workers working on it. They were doing their things. The sailors were going about their duties. And then this sailor opened fire on some of the dock workers. Three were hit and went down, and they were rushed to hospitals. This is the base commander overnight describing what was going on. The
1: shooter is deceased, as well as two of the civilian uh, shipyard workers. The, The third Civilian shipyard
2: workers in stable condition in a local hospital. Now, it's unclear where the weapon came from. Personal weapons are not allowed on base. Uh, there is a belief that this sailor, and the, the military won't confirm it, but may have been part of the security detail protecting the submarine and may have been armed for that reason. Uh, we don't know where the sailor is from, if he is uh, was from Hawaii and may have had access to, to personal weapons, but may have been uh, part of that security detail. So immediately the base went into lockdown for an active shooter. They went on the loudspeakers saying everybody shelter in place. The gates were closed, uh, several of the gates, including the big one, the Nimitz gate. Uh, it was that way for several hours. Police immediately found the, the shooter down when they got there. He was dead. The The three dock workers were initially all alive. They were rushed to hospitals. Two of them passed away. The one is in stable condition right now and now they're beginning the investigation the commander says they don't know if the sailor had a beef with the victims going back to motive they just don't know we have no indication yet
1: whether they were targeted or if it was a random shooting
2: so at this point it is ncis and base security investigating they're going down that road of trying to figure out why this happened and only three days before the 78th anniversary of the attack on pearl harbor so already at pearl harbor emotions are are you know, relatively high they they have ceremonies coming up and now this is going on as well
3: yeah that's what i was trying to think like it wasn't on the actual anniversary or anything like that so i wondered if it had anything at all to do with that or it just could be a coincidence it happened in the same week excuse me they do, don't know you,
2: do, they, 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 yeah they, i mean they, they say that they don't know if there was any connection because they just don't know what the motive of, of this sailor uh, was and they're trying to piece all of that together there's a very good chance that the sailor really has no connection to Pearl Harbor other than that he is was assigned to USS Columbia and that Columbia is there. That's not its home port, but that Columbia was there getting the, the maintenance done. And they say it was just regular maintenance that, that a submarine would go in for every now and then, that it's dry dock, they're working on it, the sailors are doing their duties around it during this time. And uh, and it was, you know, otherwise just a regular day on, on Pearl Harbor. They don't know of any fights that were going on, any arguments that anybody heard. That people in offices said that they were working, they were at their computers, they heard the pop, pop, pop of gunshots, and then they, they got down. That They began hiding at that point, and then they heard sirens coming in, and it was over. That it was very, very quick, but what led up to it, nobody seems to have a good answer right now.
3: Do they even know if this sailor knew the dock workers?
2: No, they, they don't know. And they, they say at this point there's no indication that he did. But did the dock workers tick him off somehow? You know, were they saying something to him? These were civilian Department of Defense employees. Uh, they are not uh, active duty uh, military, the, the dock workers. Were their words exchanged? Was this more of a, an argument of some kind? Was it a true active shooter in the sense that, that he was just going out there and randomly shooting at them? Was there some other motivation behind it? They don't know. And and that's what this morning they're trying to figure out. And still, it's only been a, a number of hours since this unfolded yesterday, Hawaii time, that they say they, they just don't have a lot of good answers right now. But NCIS, they're trying to, to work that. They're working with federal agencies to go down the road of was there something else that, that motivated this sailor. But as of right now, they don't know. I mean, this could have been equivalent to... Street crime, had it not been on base, you know, maybe there there was some argument that they had or something that ticked them off, or was it something else? They're trying to figure that out this morning.
3: All right, Alex, thanks so much for the update. You got it. Thanks, Jen. All right, see you later. ABC's Alex Stone. And so many questions. Were there other people around? Were there other dock workers around at the time? Uh, obviously, they have not yet released the names of the dock workers. or uh, their ages or anything like that? Um what it's interesting. It, that was my first thought was how did he get a weapon on base? And then uh, secondly, though, what uh, was he if he was part of some security detail around the sub, then weren't there other also sailors around that were on some sort of security detail? I can't imagine they've got one guy. And what did they say? What did they see? Uh, so oh, so much more. I'm sure we'll come out of this as, you know, we peel back the layers. All right, let's get back to some of the other stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The number of unclaimed bodies in L.A. County has dropped.
2: But still the remains of 1,400 people were buried in a multi-faith service.
1: I feel overwhelmed because of the immensity of the numbers, whether it's 1,400 or 2,000 as in the past.
2: Father Chris Ponet says the remarkable thing about yesterday's service in the rain was that about 200 people showed up to pay their respects.
1: And this is the community coming out saying, these people were our neighbors, and maybe I knew them, maybe I didn't, but that they they were important.
2: The county holds the remains for three years to see if anyone claims them. Andrew back, KFI News.
3: Los Angeles has agreed to pay $4 million to settle a lawsuit over a car plunging into a sinkhole. The driver who crashed into... With
0: lucky landslots,
3: you can get lucky
0: just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
1: (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: The sinkhole filled with rushing water in Studio City in 2017 said she suffered a traumatic brain injury post-concussive syndrome and vision problems. The lawsuit claimed the injuries were a result of governmental negligence. The federal government has sued LADWP over the fire in late 2017, remember that it was called the Creek Fire that destroyed more than 60 homes near Silmar. The lawsuit says DWP power equipment malfunctioned and ignited dry brush that should have been cleared from the area. LADWP has claimed its equipment had no part in the fire. People affected by the fire also sued DWP last year. A crack in L.A.'s rent control law has been costing renters. UCLA housing researcher Shane Phillips says when inflation drops below the lowest allowable rent increase, renters end up using more of their earnings to cover the rent. Phillips says one possible solution would be to lower the floor for rent increases. To just
2: tie it directly to inflation regardless of what it is. So if the inflation rate is 1.3 percent, the allowable rent increase is 1.3 percent.
3: Phillips says cities such as San Francisco and Santa Monica already limit year-to-year rent increases to a percentage of a rate of the inflation. Anaheim's mayor says a proposal to keep angels in the city until 2050 is what the community wants. A deal that improves on what we have now. Mayor Harry Sadu says selling the stadium and 133 acres of
2: surrounding land to a private group for $325 million is a fair market value with benefits. Affordable housing, parks. Good-paying union construction jobs for Anaheim. He says if approved by the city council, the deal could also include yearly tax revenue from new developments at no cost to taxpayers. At Anaheim City Hall,
3: Corbin Carson, KFI News. And the LAPD has asked people to be a bit more present this holiday season. Tis the season. Everybody's focused on holidays
2: and buying gifts for their loved ones, which means more people are distracted and thieves like distraction. Detective Charles Geiger says thefts typically go up this time of year. It's probably 5 to 7% higher. So the LAPD is asking people to keep stuff locked and hidden, which will keep the thieves at bay and free up more time for other cases.
3: It would give us, you know, another 70, 80% uh, opportunity to work on the violent crimes.
2: LAPD Captain Patricia Sandoval says 45% of thefts in her district happen because people left stuff out in the open in Koreatown. Chris Ancarlo, KFI News.
3: When we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Ryan Burrow. Well, it looks like the mystery of Midwest mobster John Dillinger's death will remain a mystery. We'll tell you about a judge's decision going against the Dillinger family's request for his remains, along with traffic and your forecast on your wake up call. AFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It's a Thursday morning. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. We just got word that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has scheduled a public statement on the impeachment inquiry for 6 o'clock this morning. We will take that live. Now, Pelosi met privately with her caucus yesterday and reportedly asked them the question, are you ready? People who were in the room said the resounding answer was yes. Now, Democrats appear headed for a Christmas time vote on impeachment, which would then be referred to the Senate for a trial. So, again, that's at six o'clock, and we'll take it live here on KFI. 535, we'll talk with ABC's Brad Garrett. Recently, the Columbia University School of Journalism found numerous examples of sexual assault predators who were utilizing dating sites. And I thought the whole point was they weren't supposed to get on there, there was supposed to be a safe place for you to go date. Well, Apparently, that may not be the case, Brad will have more on this investigation coming up. But right now, let's say good morning to ABC's Ryan Burrow. Ryan, good morning. It looks like the mystery of Midwest mobster John Dillinger's death will remain a mystery.
1: Well, it depends on who you ask, Uh, because if you ask the FBI, they say it's no mystery. The man buried six feet underground in an Indianapolis cemetery is indeed John Dillinger. They've got a death mask to prove it. They've got photographs. Uh, They've got all of the information they need, including fingerprints. Um, But there has been a question, and it seems to be arising lately because of some family members, as to uh, whether or not that was indeed him who was uh, killed by FBI agents outside of the biopic theater in Chicago back in 1934. Uh, They believe uh, that Dillinger knew the feds were on him. They believe that he had undergone some recent plastic surgery. had even burned off his... Uh, fingertips as a way to uh, prevent the feds from knowing who he was or where he was. And the person who was shot and killed was none other than a stand-in or some kind of uh, impersonator who was killed.
3: Okay, so why do they believe that? From From where did they hear that story or what evidence do they have? You
1: know, it's it's been rumored for a while, actually, dating back to the time of his death. Um, there are numerous pictures out there. The Associated Press has pictures from his funeral, from when he was buried, and his face is clearly visible, but they say that uh, while this person looks like John Dillinger, Dillinger actually had a lot of plastic surgery before his death, and uh, maybe that's not what he looks like. Um, Look, we're we're talking 80 years after the fact. Uh, There has been television money tied to uh, this rumor. We know that the family uh, had gotten an offer from the History Channel that's been since pulled back. Um, so, you know, that there could be reasons why this is coming to light now as opposed to, you know, 20 years ago or 40 years ago.
3: Yeah, money money does seem to uh, make you start to question things, that's for sure. When it comes to, though, the judge's decision not to exhume the body, um, what was it specifically that he said? And is it... Is it uh, common, I guess, for a family to be able to say, hey, we've got questions surrounding our loved one's death. Can we exhume the body? Or did the judge just feel like, hey, there weren't enough good reasons to exhume the body? What was it ultimately?
1: So so here, here's what's going on. So the family went to the state and the, and said, hey, we would like to exhume this body. You have to get permission from the state. State said, "All right, go ahead, you can do it on this day, which was in September. uh things kind of fell out after there was publicity. History Channel pulled out um and it looks like this thing uh was dead because no pun intended no. I guess uh it looks like it wasn't going to move forward, but uh, uh back in October, the family said it wanted to move on. Now, uh, the cemetery has said it is not on board with this. Uh, It wants to keep a tranquil location. It doesn't want to upset other families who have family members buried in that cemetery. Um, And ultimately, what the judge said yesterday is it is up to the cemetery. If the cemetery doesn't want you digging up this body, uh, then there's nothing we can do about it. And apparently there is an an Indiana statute uh, that says uh, any exhuming of bodies will ultimately be left up to the cemetery so it's possible the cemetery operators wake up tomorrow and say you know what let's go ahead and do it and it happens uh but as of right now they're indicating they have no interest in in doing this
3: how defiant is the family might they either sue the mortuary or might they what sue the state or take this to the supreme court
1: well this is this is the this is what's been going on for the last few months, and they they did sue the the cemetery, and that's why the judge uh, came to this decision. We don't know how high up the ranks they will take this. they could go higher if they want to. Um, but I mean it's according to the judge this this statute is pretty clear that ultimately the cemetery is in possession of everything uh, underground within its perimeter, and uh, they get to decide.
3: All right, interesting, Ryan, thank you so much. You got it. Take care. See ya. Thanks. You too. That's ABC's Ryan Burrow. That one's fascinating. I, I can't imagine why the cemetery would have a change of heart if it's already said no. Why would all of a sudden it go, nah, well, even though the the uh, judgment came in our favor, but nah, that's all right. We'll go ahead and do it anyway. Nah, that wouldn't make sense. So I wouldn't be surprised, though, if this thing goes higher. But I guess it's how indignant is this family going to be on... We've got to get this body exhumed because we believe that we are right and that he wasn't actually the guy who was killed outside the theater. We'll see. All right, let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A motorcyclist hit by a car will get a lot of money out of it. A jury has
1: awarded Matthew Rada more than $21.5 million. Attorneys for Rada say he suffered catastrophic injuries in February of 2018 when he was hit by a Kia Optima exiting the carpool lane. Video from another motorcyclist shows the Optima hitting the motorcycle, then crossing over the double yellow lines back into the carpool lane. Rada slammed into a truck and was thrown off the bike. He spent two weeks in the hospital with several broken bones. The driver of the car was apparently driving a car from an auto company where he worked. Both were named as defendants in the lawsuit. Michael Crozier, KFI News.
3: All right. So now let's talk a little bit about Pastathon, which is happening tomorrow at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove. This is where we raise money, pasta, and sauce for Katarina's Club, which is Chef Bruno's charity that feeds 25,000 kids every week in Southern California. So I've got a couple of exciting things to tell you. First of all, we have auction items that are currently online if you go to pastathon.com. And uh, every time I go to pastathon.com, the first thing that pops up that you can bid on is. Is the Wake Up Call Casino experience, which has been huge fun over the last three years that we've done this. So what happens is you go to San Manuel Casino with me, with producer Michelle, producer Alex, Trevor, John, who I hope, I hope, I hope can join us this year. Because last year he couldn't join us because, oh, we had this excuse, I'm getting married, whatever. Anyway, this year we all go to this beautiful steak dinner and then we give you money to go gamble. I think it's a hundred bucks that we go. Here you go. Go turn this into two hundred or three hundred or whatever you can do with it. It is always such a fun night. Uh, right now the bid is three hundred and thirty dollars. Come on, you guys can do better than that. And it's not necessarily just to hang out with us, but it's also so that you can help the kids for Katarina's Club because a hundred percent of the money we raise goes directly to Katarina's Club. So you can come hang out with us for the night. And know that you've done something great for the kids all at the same time. And I always like to build this as not only will you get amazing, amazing steak dinner. It's at the Pine Steakhouse. So good. Then you get to gamble so you can make yourself some money that night. But also it's free gossip. I'll tell you whatever you want to know because I can, you know, it's plausible deniability. These guys got my back. They're not going to say I told you. So, you know, whatever you want to know, I'm open for it. So again, it's PastaThon.com. It's called the Wake Up Call Casino Experience. And don't forget, it's not just hanging out with us, even though we will totally enjoy meeting you and hanging out with you for the night. It's the fact that you're helping the kids. Also, if you can't join us tomorrow for PastaThon, please go to any Smart & Final store in California, Nevada, and Arizona. Ask about the $10 KFI PastaThon donation featuring Barilla pasta and sauce, generously donated by Barilla and Smart & Final products. They'll add $10 to your bill. You get a code for a chance to win a 13-day trip for two to Italy, courtesy of Trafalgar, the world's leading guided vacation company. I just found out I get to tell you all about that vacation tomorrow at 5.50. I got a surprise text last night, and I said, okay, I'm in. For more drop-off doca- donations or to lo- uh, locations or to donate online, go to Postathon.com. Again, that's where you can bid on the Wake Up Call experience. I'd love to hang out with you. And then also for tomorrow, I have a special guest coming that I didn't know was going to be able to come. But now this person can come. And all I can tell you is it's somebody that I talk about a lot on Wake Up Call. That person will be there tomorrow. Also, Dean Sharp is going to join me at 535 tomorrow. He'll be there live So come join us dark and early again. This will be right before Handle on the News. But you'll get to watch as Dean and I are doing our interview. Handle will be on stage prepping for Handle on the News. You're going to get to see how all the sausage is made. So come early tomorrow morning, 5 o'clock. Join me, Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, all to benefit Katarina's Club. Coming up, we'll talk with ABC's Brad Garrett about dating sites and the possibility that sexual predators are... With
0: Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. if you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. KFI AM
2: 640.
0: An I iHeart radio station.
2: 24-hour news. More stimulating talk.
3: KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Don't forget, at 6 o'clock, 25 minutes from now, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is expected to make a statement on the impeachment hearing. Uh, Again, that comes at 6 o'clock. We'll take it live here on KFI. Welcome to your wake-up call. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. Other stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. UCLA police have reported a groping on campus. A student was walking to campus housing about 2.15 Tuesday morning when a man approached and grabbed her buttocks. Then he got into his car and just took off. The Groper was described as a light-skinned black man in his 20s with a thin build and short black braided hair, shirtless with tattoos around his torso. News is brought to you by Semper Solaris. 550 we will talk with ABC's Tom Rivers. Paris is bracing for violence after a nationwide strike hit France. We'll have Tom explain the strike. And also tell us why it may spark violence. But right now, let's say hello to ABC's Brad Garrett. Hey, Brad. Good morning. So disturbing news good coming morning. out of this new study out of uh, Columbia University School of Journalism regarding these sec- these dating sites and sexual predators.
5: Yeah, it's a it, it's sort of frightening numbers. They looked at twelve hundred uh, studied twelve hundred instances of people that were on dating apps there was roughly 30-plus percent of those women, of those 1,200 women, that reported some form of sexual assault, and half of those actually even reported being raped. So, if you, Jennifer, if you translate that into 8,000 dating sites uh, with roughly 40 million people on those sites, you can think about the potential of harm that is out there. Uh, that that one could innocently walk into.
3: And I think what what is this, the scariest portion of this is when you're on these dating sites, which is, you know, typically, it's probably not how you and I dated in the past. It was, I think dating sites were sort of just coming around when I met my husband, so I didn't really ever use them. But I remember from my friends who were using them, that they would go on there and you would think that the people on there were looking for love just like you were, not
5: something nefarious. Right, and, and so the problem is that the dating apps, some of them will run the names they have against registered sex offender databases. Well, I suppose that's all well and good, but you know, there's a large chunk of the offenders that are, are not on that list. Sure. And then you're assuming that the guy's using his real name, which if you're a sex offender, you probably aren't using your real name. So it really sadly boils down to you checking this guy out the best you can before you ever decide to meet him. And there are some steps you could go through. Like what? Well, for example, when you sign up for a dating app, don't, don't provide your last name. Use a unique photograph that's not one you've ever used online. So he can't do what they call a reverse image search on Google and figure out who you really are. Give him very little personal information in your initial application that he can read. Um, when it comes to then maybe actually trying to decide whether you want to meet this guy or not, don't call him on your phone. Go to something like Google Voice uh, phone numbers mm. where you could actually use a number temporarily so he doesn't really know what your cell phone number is. And make sure that the dating app has the geography settings so he can't figure out, where you are physically. And and so those are some in, initial things. Does his name, for example, can you find him on uh, uh, Google? Can you find him on, on anything else, uh, any other app with the name that he gave you? In other words, you're looking for red flags, obviously, here. So if you get to the point, Jennifer, where you feel like you've you've gone through all that, maybe you've had Uh, An audio chat, a video chat with the guy, get a little bit more information. If you decide to meet him, then you obviously then have to go through another set of what I call safety checks uh, when you go meet him, like don't drive there yourself. Make sure you've got a way to escape easily. Um, Make sure that your phone's set up so friends can track you. Set up a safety word, or if you text a friend with whatever that word is, it means you're in trouble. And that you need help immediately. And never get yourself in a situation initially on these situations or on these dates where you're alone with the person, wherever that might be. So I realize that's a lot for you to do before you go out. It's a lot for you to do while you're going out. But I don't think there's any other way around it, sadly.
3: Well, yeah. In in this day and age, I was just thinking before where it used to just be, hey, let's meet for coffee and, uh, you know, get to know each other. We are so far past that. And this is becoming so prevalent. And even these, you know, some of these uh, dating websites have admitted, hey, we're doing our best, but we can't police everything. And and there are going to be some of these creeps who fall through the cracks.
5: Well, uh, yes, there's no doubt about that. You're just not going to have you. You can't rely on the app to do this clearance because the reality is, if you actually wanted to thoroughly check somebody out, you'd have to hire a private investigator. Sure. You know, there's all sorts all sorts of issues here as to um, you know that you obviously, as a practical matter, aren't going to do with every person you potentially want to go out with.
3: Well, thank you for all those actually tips, Brad. Those were awesome. And I think it's so good. I mean, I think, honestly, it is the buddy system. Even when you're not with your buddy, just having them know where right. you are, being able to keep an eye on you, there's nothing wrong with that. And you just got to keep yourself safe. I know it's probably extremely unromantic, but you've got to be safe about it.
5: No question about it. And don't don't drink too much.
3: Oh, gosh, yes. All right. Thank you so much, Brad. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. See you later. That's ABC's Brad Garrett. Yeah, I remember back in the day when I had a girlfriend of mine meet a guy on one of these apps, and I said, "Oh, let's Google him. And she goes, Jen, we can't do that. That's the wrong way to start off a relationship. I said, are you freaking kidding me? That's the only way to start off a relationship. I want to make sure you're not going out with a serial killer. Let's look this guy up. And, you know, back in the day, we didn't have as great of stuff as you can now go on, you know, whatever it happens to be, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. See, does he have pictures with his family? Does he have pictures with other girls? And that mostly was what it was. You were looking for back then, you were just looking for, is the guy, you know, a slime ball? And is he out with a different girl every night? Uh, Or is he a family guy? Or uh, does he show himself at work? So you can see that he's holding down a steady job. Now we're looking at things like, does he have a criminal history? Could he be a sexual predator? Is he really who he says he is? Is he catfishing me? Is I mean, oh. All the time. All the time my husband and I talk about how happy we are to be married. Because I don't envy anybody in the dating world right now. And especially, I think about it too. So here I am, I'm 44. If I were to get into the dating world now what a i would feel like i was constantly gasping for air swimming through this crazy world of dating because it's so completely different than it was 20 years ago they, they i know i feel like you know kids get off my lawn but it's just ever, i feel like every year the the dating possibilities get different oh, That's it's crazy all right let's get back to some of the other stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom Well, vaping could be bad for people's mental health.
0: Smoking e-cigarettes has already been linked to lung disease, but a new study suggests vaping may also have psychological effects. Researchers from Johns Hopkins Medical Center in Baltimore studied nearly 900,000 adults and found a strong association between vaping and depression. Results suggested e-cig users were about twice as likely to have been diagnosed with depression as those who have never vaped. The lead researcher says the study does not prove vaping causes depression, but it shows depressed people. People may be more likely to use e-cigs. Deborah Mark, KFI News.
3: All right, there was screaming in the newsroom. I'm sure when this news came out. It's 5.46 in the morning. That just gave me goosebumps. Lady Gaga has been granted another gig related to the Super Bowl. She's set to perform in Miami the day before the big game for AT&T's live stream Super Saturday Night Concert. Gaga opened Super Bowl 50 with the National Anthem in 2016 and, rener- and returned the next year to do the halftime show. My opinion, if they wanted to have her do the National Anthem every year, you go for it. That would be a, I mean, that's a sure thing. You get that every year? That's something to look forward to.
1: God of mercy, God of light, save your from this life.
3: John Bon Jovi has helped Rockefeller Center kick off the season with the annual tree lighting. A visitor to New York City says the ceremony last night rekindled childlike wonder. Well, apparently it doesn't want to play. I'm sure he said something like, this reminds me of Christmas. Just pretend that was him. This year's Rockefeller Center tree is a 77-foot Norway spruce that's 46 feet across. At the base, it weighs about 28,000 pounds and is adorned with 50,000 lights. Bah,
0: well, that's too it is my
3: Christmas wrapping but apparently doesn't have to I'm be busy. pretty. This is great news energy. for me. ABC's Sherry Preston says a study from the University of Nevada has found that poorly wrapped packages are often better received... The, reason? the recipient expects something really special when a present is wrapped really nicely. And when it's just a mediocre gift, they're often disappointed. Oh, I love this. Oh, it's going to look like a bomb went through Christmas this year. Researchers also found that feelings were more hurt when bad gifts in pretty packaging were given by a close loved one. Oh, where is just the spirit of giving gone? When we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Tom Rivers. Paris is bracing for violence after a nationwide strike hit France. We'll have Tom explain the strike, why it may spark violence, and don't forget, at 6 o'clock, we are expecting House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to make a statement on the impeachment inquiry, and we'll take that live here on KFI, along with traffic and your forecast on your wake-up call. How you get so fly. Programming note for you, 6 o'clock. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is expected to address the impeachment situation. Again, this is, uh, we'll take live, 6 o'clock here, just four minutes away from that. And also, just to pay off on the banana story that we were just talking about, check this out. A banana duct taped to the wall at an international art fair in Miami. It sold for $120,000. Not once, but twice. The nearly, two nearly identical pieces by an Italian artist are called Comedian. An art news agency reports after the sales yesterday, the gallery agreed to sell a third edition of the banana duct tape to a wall for $150,000. If somebody tweets me this morning at JJLKFI that they will pay for me to duct tape a banana to a piece of wood to for Katarina's Club, I will do it. I will sign this incredible art and bring it to Postathon tomorrow. So tweet me this morning at JJLKFI. I will do this art for you if you in turn will make a donation to Katarina's Club. Fair? All right, let's say good morning now to ABC's Tom Rivers. Tom, hey, so tell us about this strike that's happening in France and why Paris is now bracing for violence.
4: Yeah, it's kind of been brewing for a long, long time when Macron came in. He kind of brought in some austerity measures. He's now looking at state pensions. And this is really something where other governments in france have looked at and backed away from because it's just too too much trouble uh he wants to kind of if you will unify uh there's 42 different pension schemes out there depending on where you work you work on the rails you work on the buses you work as an air traffic controller everybody's got different deals out there and uh they want to try to if you will put it all together streamline it but uh, the problem is some of these people have been, you know, guaranteed, you know, retirement at year X, maybe, who knows, 55 at a monthly salary of X. And you tell them, no, you're, you're going to have to work five more years. And after those five years, you get about two-thirds of what you expect. People are angry, angry up and down the country. Hence, we have this large, large strike today, not only in Paris, but uh, throughout The major cities in France affecting mostly transportation, but other sectors as well.
3: Hey, I can understand somebody being upset that their pension was changed or that they're being told, hey, you've got to work longer. I totally get that. But where does the violence come in that they're worried about?
4: Yeah, well, again, they've seen now what we just flipped over a year of the uh, Gilets jaunes demonstrators. I'm looking at a live feed right now, and it's extremely peaceful. Okay, but uh, again, as this thing uh, progresses, uh, we've seen others that will, if you will, hijack certain certain locations to, uh, to break down uh, shop windows, to steal things, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, right now this looks very, very peaceful. Uh, but again, as nightfall descends, eventually things could uh, kick off. And they've got something like 6,000 cops on the streets of Paris. Uh, so uh, they're prepared for any eventuality.
3: Well, let's fingers crossed that that doesn't happen. But, yeah, it sounds like they're prepared. Thanks, Tom, for the update. Take care. See you later. This is KFI and K-O-S-T-H-D two Los Angeles. And one last reminder, PastaThon.com is where you can go this morning to bid on the wake-up call experience. You'll have dinner with me, Alex, producer Michelle, uh, Trevor, John. All of us will take you to dinner at the Pine Steakhouse at San Manuel Casino and give you 100 bucks to gamble for the night. And that's what we do. We just hang out with you. So all of us just eat and then we walk around in a food coma and gamble. I mean, really? And then you can get all the gossip you want. That's my personal guarantee. So again, Positthon.com, the wake-up call experience. And I, like I said, as earlier, I will pay off if you want to pay me, which means Katerina's Club. If you want to donate to Katarina's Club, you have to tweet me by, let's say, the end of the show today. You have to tweet me by 10 o'clock today. I will make you a duct tape banana to a piece of wood and I will sign it. That will be your art. It won't cost you $120,000 unless you want to give $120,000 to Katarina's Club. I'm cheaper than that Italian artist we talked about earlier. SoCal weather from KFI, mostly cloudy today, as will be in the low to mid-60s. Mostly cloudy tomorrow for Postathon Chance chances showers tomorrow night. So that means when you come out and see us at the Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, weather should be great. Don't forget, I have a special guest joining me tomorrow, but you'll have to come out and see this person. We lead local. Live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom, I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your Wake Up Call.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.